0: Well, good morning, everybody. Greetings in the name of Jesus. You know, God loves you. God loves each and every one of us. And uh, I was just thinking, Leon, that uh, I heard this one time, uh, maybe more than once, but uh, if you can get someone to say, I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, it does something to them. And, you know, I guess words can be cheap, but, you know, proclaiming the name of Jesus does something to somebody. And I know that uh, for, firsthand. And so uh, that's something maybe you can try. I've heard uh, people who witness, um, that's, that's one thing that they do. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that you're good to us and we praise your holy name. And Lord, help us, Lord, help each one of us to walk in your ways and to desire to know you. And Lord, I pray that you would lift up the church, Lord. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Another thing I thought too was uh you know as a, as the world gets darker, it's more and more important that the church gets lighter. <laughs> I mean, light, light, not, not with no weight, but that, that we shine brighter. And uh, I think that as the culture gets darker, we have a bigger responsibility to become more holy and pure. And uh, I think that's what uh, the Lord desires for us. And so, uh, the title of my message uh, this morning is uh, Overcoming. And uh, we're going to be in Revelation 21. So, let's uh, start at verse 1 here. You know... In uh, Revelation 20, uh, the devil is defeated and he's thrown into the lake of fire and uh, there's a second death for those that are not written in the book of life and there's a second death for the demons and and the devil. And uh, Jesus says, blessed are those that don't have to experience the second death. So uh, chapter 21 is it's a beautiful chapter it's 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 the glory of god it's what we're waiting for it's what we desire it's what we're living for it's it's what we are as christians this is this is uh our, our hope uh this is uh this is the lord returning for his children and so in verse one and it says and i saw a new heaven and a new earth And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things have passed away, and he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. So we're God's people, and he's going to return for us. And like I said, this is our hope. Uh, so I want to look in Second Corinthians 5. He makes all things new. Uh, uh, verse 17 and 18, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new and all things are of god who hath reconciled us to himself by jesus christ and hath given us uh, given to us the ministry of reconciliation so i want to say that if you're a believer in jesus christ you're his and nobody can take that away and nobody can give that to you except god So, if your faith is dependent on the performance of men or the performance of the church, you're fooling yourself. Because it's only God that can make us a new creature. creature. And if you're gods, you will want to serve him. you want to worship and serve him. So then in uh, verse 6, And he said unto me, It is done. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water life freely. The water of life freely. And so in John chapter 7, it says... Verse 37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So then uh, in uh, verse 7, he says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I'll be his God and he shall be my son. So this is what I want to talk about. I'm going to stop there, then we're going to come back and finish the rest of the chapter later. But uh, one thing I was taught when I was a baby Christian is you interpret Scripture with Scripture. And so this verse here, in, in uh, verse 6 of 21, it says, I mean, sorry, verse 7, He that overcometh, Inherit all things. I like to talk about that today. You know, what does it mean to overcome, and what does it mean to inherit all things? What are we going to inherit when we go to be with the Lord? And uh, I, I searched the scriptures, and the only thing I found was in Revelation chapter two and three. And, and when I found it, it was like this is obvious because. For every church, he says, he that overcometh, he'll give something. He'll give something to us. But then every church, there's issues in the church that those in the church have to deal with. And so here, uh, these seven churches, there's warnings and then there's gifts. And I'd like to look at those. So we'll start in Ephesians. Uh, 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 sorry Ephesus <laughs> not in but chapter 2 of Revelation says unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand and walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars I hast borne and hast patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, once thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and I'll remove thy candlestick of this place, except that repent. So I'm going to stop there. So this church seemed to be doing everything right. And that's good. We, we should do everything right. We, we should do what the Lord wants us to do, but what to happen? They left their first love. What is our first love? Our first love is Jesus Christ. That is our first love. That's, that's where everything comes from. In uh, Romans 10, and we talked about a little bit about this at the brothers' meeting, But uh, I personally cannot emphasize enough the power in these verses and the power that a Christian would have by reciting these verses out loud. It says, it's uh, uh, Romans 10, and uh, I'll start in uh, verse uh, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So is the, are, are these just words to be ignored? God wants us to call upon him. If you're calling upon the Lord every day, I don't see how you are not able to serve him. And that's what I was thinking when Leon was talking about this man, he, he stopped calling on the name of the Lord. And I think if we can get those that are discouraged to get up or get down on their knees, whatever the case may be, and call on the name of the Lord, I think that that discouragement will go away. Because there's something about saying aloud the name of Jesus Christ. There's power in it, and and Paul says so and we we claim we believe the bible it's right there so i'd like to read in uh in luke uh, chapter 4 this this is the man this is our first love and he's announcing his uh, ministry so in uh, luke chapter 4 verse 16 and he came to nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to captives, and recovering the sight of the blind, and the said, liberty of them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So, what's he he's saying here? Preach, preach, preach. Amen. Well, I love street preachers. <laughs> Even though I've, I've never done it, I should. But uh, they're preaching lightness in the darkness. And uh, I think God appreciates that. But we can preach lightness and darkness one-on-one. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And and all bare him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, You may surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself, whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in, in, in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you, of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them were Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, the city of Sidon, unto the woman that was a widow. And many leopards were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them were cleansed, save Naaman the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city, led him unto the brow of the hill wherein the city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. So what's going on here? He just proclaimed the the day of the Lord, that his ministry is going to start. And now they want to cast them out. They want to throw them out. I mean, what's going on here? Well, uh, after doing a little studying, I, I, I figured it out. Is uh, These two examples that he gives about the widow and naming the Syrian is they were not Jews. And what the Jews understood he was saying was that this salvation is for Gentiles too, not just the Jews. And that was, that's what got them all all upset. And, so, and then it says in verse uh, 31, And they came to Capernaum, the city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his words was with power. So words do have power. And it says right here, they were astonished about what he was saying. And what was he saying? He was bringing the glory of God and salvation to people. And this is what, this is who our first love should be. This is Jesus Christ and his ministry. And it's not easy to love your first love all the time because sometimes people want to just throw you out. They don't want to hear what you have to say. I, I believe that uh, uh, our lifestyle is important. It's very important. It's very important to build the church. And, and the church will be built if your foundation is Jesus Christ. But if your foundation is not Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what lifestyle you come up with, it's not going to do any good. But at the same time, we need to proclaim his name. And we need to keep Jesus close in our heart. And that's what Ephesus went wrong. is They figured everything out and they started doing everything right. But then they left their first love. And so let's go back to Revelation chapter 2. It's in verse 7. It says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So, overcoming. He said, said we need to repent. We need to overcome when Jesus is uh, decreased in our midst. The overcoming is to bring him back. Uh, You know, overcoming means uh, to conquer. To overcome means to... uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, okay. It's... uh, uh, I don't know where I wrote those down. But anyway, oh, here it is. It means to inherit all things. Uh, well, what I'm trying to say—I kind of lost my train of thought. But overcoming means that uh, you're victorious; that uh, you've you've uh, worked through those things that are blocking your way. Uh, it's, Jesus says, "Strive to enter in to the narrow gate." And so overcomers are ones that uh, have identified what their issue is, what their problem is, and have rectified it, has, has allowed God to fix it, uh, whether it's through repentance, whether it's through uh, prayer, whether it's through renewing your faith. Uh, like this, this man Leon ran into, it, it seems like he's lost his faith, and... If he wants to overcome, he needs to come back to his faith. He needs to make this... Leon can't make him come back to the faith. He needs an asserted effort on his own to come back. So let's go on. uh, And the second warning is uh, in Smyrna. It says... uh, uh, In verse 8, and unto the angel of the church of Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive I know thy works and thy tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil will cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days and by faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. So, uh, in Smyrna, there's this, uh, you know, as Christians, we're going to suffer. There's times that we're going to suffer, and and to be truthful with you, I don't like to suffer. Uh, It's just in me to to relieve suffering as much as possible, but it's going to come, and you have overcome if you can work through that suffering. And let's look at a, a few verses here. First uh, uh, Peter 4. Uh, verse 12, it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. And if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you on their part. He is evil spoken of, but on your part. He is glorified. But let none of your sufferings as murder or a thief or evildoer or as busybody in any other man's matters. But if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in their behalf. So when suffering comes, you overcome by working through it, by enduring it and not letting it uh, uh, take your faith away. And so, for uh, Smyrna, it says, uh, in verse 11, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. So, so these are, uh, these are uh, all the things that we're going to uh, receive from the Lord. Uh, first, it's the uh, tree of life and the paradise of God. And then... Uh, we will not be hurt by the second death, which is talked about in uh, Revelation 20. And then it, uh, uh, Pergamos, it says, uh, And to the angel of the church of Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days where an Antipas Was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak uh, to cast the stumbling block before the children of Israel, and then to eat things sacrificed to idols and to uh, commit fornication. So here, this church, uh, Pergamos, they had people in the church that were bringing in this doctrine of Balaam. Uh, I'm not quite sure if I completely understand what the doctrine of Balaam is, but from what I understand, he, he was supposed to, uh, he was sent out to curse Israel and to weaken them because these uh, I think it was the Moabites wanted to defeat them. And instead, he ended up giving them a, a uh, blessing because of the, uh, the hand of God working. Uh, but I think the, the, the point of it is there are those that will come into the church to put stumbling blocks in the way of the, the believers in the church, in the Christian church. And, and uh, as believers, we have to overcome them. And we have to be careful. Uh, let's look at Second Peter chapter two. Second Peter chapter two. I'm going to start in verse fourteen. Having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from the beguiling, unstable souls, a and heart. They are ex- exercised with covetous practices, cursed children which have forsaken the right way and have gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bezor, uh, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumbass, speaking with man's voice, forbade the madness of the prophet. And these are wells without water, clouds that are carried away, a tempest to whom the mists of darkness is reserved forever for when they speak great swelling words of vanity they allure through the lust of the flesh through which wantonness those that were clean escape uh, from them who live in the air while they promise them liberty they themselves are servants of corruption for of whom a man is overcome of the same is brought in bondage so so it, it, this is uh, this is a warning to the church that this this doctrine Uh, It'll be brought in, and uh, it'll cause people to stumble, and we need to overcome that. We need to not allow these stumbling blocks to uh, take away from our mission. You know, the, the church has a mission, and it's a mission that we need to build upon. And if we're all just stumbling around over these stumbling blocks that people are throwing at us, we're not going to be able to build upon that rock that God wants us to do, to become that light in the, in the community. So, in, uh, let's see, it'd be verse 17. Uh, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, uh, saving he that receiveth it. So the hidden manna is, is, is food that God gives to us. And then also, uh, what I understand, the white stone is they used to, when they judged you, uh, the judge would have a black stone and a white stone, and if you put the white stone out, you were innocent. So here, again, this is uh, something that God is going to give us if we overcome. And then the the, uh, Thyatira, it it says, Unto the angel of the church of Thyatira write these things, this verse 18, saith the Son of God, who hath the eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sh- sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants, to commit fornication, to eat things, sacrifice unto idols. So uh, to suffer, someone is to put up with them. And what, ha- what was happening in this church is that, uh, I'm assuming this woman was coming in and convincing people that certain sins were okay. Now, does that kind of ring a bell today? There's a lot of churches that are accepting certain sins, and uh, that would be uh, someone uh, that, that would be similar to this, this case. And so in the name of love, in the name of acceptance, uh, churches are redefining what scripture says about certain sins. And that's something that we as believers need to overcome. We need to, uh, if sin, it's not always obvious. Sometimes these things can come in real subtle. And uh, so we have to be aware. It's like uh, Daniel Kennison was here last Tuesday and he's talking about the, uh, the watchman. Uh, in this case, we we should listen to the watchmen because, you know, they're seeing what's going on. But a lot of times, you know, when, when people are secretly bringing in sin, it's not always obvious what's going on. And things can get confused. And so we need to uh, be sober and watch and make sure that... Uh, we uh, were vigilant and diligent in uh, uh, walking our Christian life and not allowing these sorts of things to, to get a foothold, and that, that's what was happening in this church. Here, I'd like to look at uh, 1 Corinthians 6, starting in verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, uh, adulteresses, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. You see what Paul's saying there is, what happens when seducers come in is they start getting power over you. But, we should only be under one power, and that is Jesus Christ. And a lot of times, seducers are pretty clever people. Sometimes they're very charismatic. And they can start pulling you in directions that if you were aware of what was going on, you wouldn't go that way. You wouldn't do that. And so we should not be under the power of any except Jesus Christ. Continue on, verse uh, 13. Meats for the belly, and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God hath both raised up the Lord, and will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid, what? Know ye not that you which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two saith, he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are brought, bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is our God. So uh, the reason I'm uh, reading these scriptures is, is uh, the, those that suffereth the spirit of Jezebel, it's usually a seducing spirit and has to do with uh, fornication and uh, I guess sex. And so we need to be really careful and not allow uh, these types of things to come into the church. We need to be watchful, as I said. So then, uh, and this is the church of Thyatira. Uh, in verse 26, is He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and as a vessel of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received my father. And I will give him the morning star, and he that hath the ear let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So again, he uses that word overcometh. We, we need to overcome these things actually within our own life, but also within the church body too. So like I said, these, these are warnings to the church, but then at the same time, if we heed these warnings and we overcome them, we're given, we're given uh, these, uh, these gifts. So the next, uh, next one is Sardis says, unto the angel, this is uh, chapter 3, verse 1, and unto the angel of the church of Sardis write, these things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, and thou, and thou that hast a name that thou livest and are dead. So here, here's a church that had a good name, but they were dead. And so I'd like to look at... Uh, First I want to look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. So how do we prevent from spiritually dying or spiritually being dead? And Paul says in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, and you have and, and you hath he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his, his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceedingly riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God." So to be, to prevent spiritual death, we need to be quickened. And that word quickened, it means uh, to make alive. Now who makes us alive? It's the grace and power of God. That's what makes us alive. And again, this, this gets back to leaving your first love. You need to continually seek the Lord, continually uh, calling upon his name and uh, asking him for the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, we, we read in Second Peter, it says, add to your faith virtue, and that virtue is power. It's God's power. And uh, so we, you know, a lot of churches die because they lack that power. And I think they lack that power because they stop asking. You know, Christianity, it says we need to press in, press in. And so it's not a spectator sport in a sense. We have a responsibility uh, to seek God and to continually ask him to help us not to die. And in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 44, it says, It is sown a natural body, is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. So there's that quickening spirit, the spirit that makes you alive. We have have to seek that. How be it that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed." Let's stop there. But uh, the point being is uh, if we lose the Spirit of God, if we lose the Holy Spirit, we will die no matter how well we think we're doing things. And it's the same as our first love. If we lose our first love, we will die. And, uh, you know, it's a call to not be complacent. Uh, to not uh, rely upon your heritage. It's not to rely upon what your parents have done. Or it's not to rely on what the minister has done. or not to rely on what the church has done. It's something each of us individually has to seek. Uh, you're not saved because of your heritage. You're saved because you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to remember that, because it's true. It's true. And so I th- sometimes we can get complacent and just ride on what uh, our heritage has provided for us, but uh, we can't do that. And I think that's why God raises up uh, people that come out of the worst circumstances, and they can show the power of God, where, like I said, uh, Friday, the, the my favorite testimony is when someone says, I, I was raised by two beautiful Christian parents, and, they, and when I was young, I wanted to serve the Lord. But every person has to come to that, uh, between them and God it's not what your parents have done it's not what the church has done that saves you it's it's your own faith and so we have to remember that we we will die if we don't remember that there's a lot of uh, churches that have been around a long time that have died spiritually because they they haven't renewed their faith so uh, That would be uh, in Sardis. Sardis, it says, in uh, chapter 3, verse 5, it says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. And he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So, again, there's this this promise, there's this gift that God is going to give us. So the next church is uh, Philadelphia. It's a church that's in pretty good, pretty good uh, shape, but there still is a problem here. It says in uh, verse seven, it says, "And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write these things: saith he that is holy, and he that is true, and he that hath the key of David, and he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth." I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. So the Church of Philadelphia, there's not a lot of criticism for them, but they have little strength. So I'd like to look at uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, Verse 10. Uh, To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him, wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which patheth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. So we need to strengthen what we have. We need to continue to build upon the foundation. And uh, again, we need to be vigilant. Uh, we can't just fall asleep because the devil will come. Uh, and the devil is going to come. But, uh, and so the promise to uh, the Church of Philadelphia is in verse 12, it says, Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, In the name of the city of my God, which is a new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I'll write upon him uh, my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So again, Jesus talks about overcoming, and that uh, he, he will give us these things. He'll make us the pillar in the temple of God. so then the last one is uh, Laodicean. And that would be in uh, verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, These things saith, Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, and that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would, uh, thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth, because you sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not thou that are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked? So Jesus has this against this church is that uh, they become self-sufficient. And their self-sufficiency and their pride have made them complacent. So I'd like to look in Luke uh, chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. uh, Verse uh, 16. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns, and I will... Build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take these, ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these things be which thou thou hast provided? So he that uh, layeth up treasure for himself is... uh, is not rich towards God. And he said unto disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what you shall eat, neither for the body what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouses nor barn. And God feedeth them, Which how much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you with the taking thought and add this stature, one cubic. For then you be not able to do that, which, that thing which is least. Why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, and how they toil. They spin not, and yet I say unto you, that Solomon, in all his glory, it was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye a little faith? Seek not that what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth you have need of these things. But rather, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. So these are uh, pretty uh, familiar verses that we've read. But uh, it's a warning He's giving a warning to the Laodiceans is, you know, we, we start depending upon our riches. And, and this is a real problem in, in the United States. Um, and I mean, I, I think it's almost, it's almost difficult not to be somewhat uh, prosperous uh, if you live a godly life in this country and you obey the rules and you do everything right, uh, you will. I mean, it'd be very difficult not to. And so in a lot of ways, we have to make a concerted effort as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to make sure that we're not uh, leaning upon these riches, but that we're leaning upon Jesus Christ. And it's... uh, Something we have to overcome. I'd like to uh, read in Mark here real quick. Mark 13. And this is is a warning by Jesus uh, about the last days. And verse 1, And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples saith unto him, Master, say what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answered, said unto him, Seest thou these great buildings? They shall not be left one stone upon another. Thou shall not be thrown down. And he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple. And Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And when ye shall hear the wars and rumors of wars, be not troubled, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not uh, be yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrow. So the reason I read this is that uh, it, it's, what happens is when we get nice and comfortable and everything's going good and I'm, I'm guilty of this myself is that uh, when trouble comes it's difficult for us to handle and so I think what uh, Jesus is trying to tell the Laodiceans because he turns around and says, you're wretched, poor, and miserable. It's because he knew that when trouble comes, when all your wealth is taken away, uh, it's, it's difficult. And we need to understand that that's not where our faith is in, in, uh, in what we have or what we can, uh, you know, how we can make money But our faith should be in Jesus so that when the troubles come, we won't lose that faith. Uh, I've talked to people and I've known people that uh, say they don't believe anymore. And it's because when trouble came, uh, they lost their faith. And so it's not, I mean, if you get hit hard, you know, I, I don't know if any of us, I know I haven't really been tested, but if, God, if, if something happens, we have to be ready. We have to be spiritually ready that we can uh, go on and we won't lose our faith because things that happen in the world aren't going our way anymore. So those that overcome, in verse uh, 21 of uh, chapter 3, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and I'm sat down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So, you know, God is trying to get our attention, Uh, All Scripture, I mean, Scripture is there for a purpose. And uh, we need to understand Scripture that we know where God's heart is and what God wants from us. And He wants us to be overcomers. He wants us to be victorious. And He gives us these warnings to help us so that we can be victorious, so that our... uh, what we uh, what we focus on is important. And we need to focus on the things of the Lord. And if you focus on the things of the Lord, then when the devil comes or when poverty comes or when uh, catastrophe comes or anything like that, we can work through it and we can keep our faith. Because there's so many people that, They get discouraged, and it seems like discouragement is coming easier and easier because there's no, there's no uh, foundation left in this country. I mean, the foundation is splitting, it's splintering, and uh, you know, most of the churches you go into, you probably find that they're really dead, and they're not going to provide a a foundation on which to. Uh, live your Christian life. And that just creates more discouragement. So it's important uh, for those churches that have life, that have their first love, that they continue on in seeking the Lord. And, and it's, like I said, it's it's something uh, you have to diligently do. You, you can't just sit on your laurels. You, it, we, we have to continue to fight the good fight, the, the, the good spiritual fight and uh, just think, you know, oh, I'm, I'm doing great and, uh, you know, I, I work hard and I obey all the laws and everything's going good and I'm making all this money. But uh, that can change. That can change at any time. And if your heart is there, uh, it's going to be more difficult than if your heart is with the Lord. So let's go back to, uh, you know, the, the encouragement is what God is, has prepared for us. But the path there is, is not always uh, joyful looking, even though it should be. We should have joy in our desire to pray We should have joy in our desire to read the Word and to know God's Word. We should have joy in helping others so that we could be a witness. That should should bring joy to us. And uh, So anyways, let's let's go on in verse 8. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the warmongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth for, with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And so the, the neat thing about Revelation 21 is that everything changes. Uh, the, the first chapter of Revelation introduced the Jesus Christ to us. The second, uh, chapter 2 and 3, he, he gives these warnings to the church and then the gifts that you will receive if you overcome. Chapter 4 is... Uh, worshiping the father chapter 5 is worshiping Jesus and then chapter 6 to 20 is all these bad things that happen and but in every single one of those chapters there's at least one verse that he references the Saints but there's all this evil going on around us and and then uh, in chapter 20 it, the devil is defeated and then chapter 21 it's, it changes. It's, it's, uh, the glory of God is the, uh, most of the text, and there's just this one verse in here about uh, those that will uh, die in the second death. So verse 9, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride the lamb's wife, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of the heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto the stone, most precious, even like jasper stone, clear as crystal. And I had a wall, great and high, and had 12 gates, and all the gates, 12 angels, and the names were written thereon, and which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And on the east uh, three gates, and on the north three gates, and on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square and the length uh, is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs, and the length of the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof in 140 and 4 cubics, according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. And the building of the wall was as jasper, and the city was pure gold unto gla- clear glass, and the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, and the second, sapphire, and the third, chalcedony, and the fourth, emerald, and the fifth, uh, Sardonx, and the sixth, sardius, and the seventh, crystallite, and the eighth, beryl, and the ninth, tobaz, and the tenth, uh, chrysoprosus, and the eleventh, uh, jacinth, and the twelfth, amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls every s- several gates was one of pearl and the street of the city was pure gold and it was as it were transparent glass and I saw no temple therein for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it and the city had no need of the sun neither the moon to shine in it for the glory of God had lightened it and the Lamb is the light thereof and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it and the kings of the earth do bring their, their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut all the day by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of nations into it. And they shall, shall in no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination and maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So we need to make sure that our name is in the book of life and to make sure that your name is in the book of life you need to confess that the lord jesus christ is lord we need to uh, confess that jesus christ came uh, he uh, was crucified died and rose on the third day for the remission of our sins and uh This is something that uh, we need to take very seriously. And like I said, it's not based on your heritage or who your parents were or who your minister is or what church you belong to. It's based solely upon Jesus Christ transforming your heart. And this is something, this is a gift from God and it's a gift that we have to accept. And we can reject it. We can reject it and say, I don't want that. But look at the consequences. You either get the second death or you get to live in heaven. And you know, I just read the description of the new Jerusalem that's going to come down and we'll be able to dwell with the Lord in the new Jerusalem. And that, that should be our hope. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. So thank you for your time.